Dude, how many instruments do you play? Because it sounds like there's quite a few. Yeah, well, good, you know, guitar, drums, uh, keys, very poorly or, you know, poorly. As in like Fender Rhodes and like Zeitler. Fender Rhodes and Wurlitzer. Oh, right, right, right. Right, right. Um, Oh, yeah, shit, there really is a Fender Rhodes up there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think we're the only band in 2018 that's touring with a because they weigh 6,000 We used to, my Vancouver friends, Mike Amish, we would carry that exact rig all around. It's, like cr- a, it's, it's a lot. crucial, yeah, though. It's beautiful. Those instruments, and- you, know, they're, you know, the Nords or whatever that claim to kind of um, replicate the sound, it's, it's a different thing. Mm-hmm. It's a different thing. It is. I'm curious about the Roland on its side. Oh, the jazz chorus? Yeah. Sounds different. Just kidding. No, it sounds exactly the same. Oh, is it just for space? Yeah, yeah. And I think it looks kind of cool. It looks really cool, but that was a definite, like, what is this? But there's a mic to it, but it's only only mic on the right speaker. So you're sure (laughs) sure it doesn't sound different? I like the rock doc vibe where where he's like talking in British accents. Well, yeah, sure. You know, you got to. You've got to put a mic near the rolling jazz chorus. Like adjacent, but not like... Adjacent, because it's like a JC. Yeah. Right, right. He's it, <laughs> not going to mic to amp. Right. It's like, I like it. To, so really... To I, amp is to sound, yeah. Yeah. And he's like, you just got to let it make the sound. Right. And you put the mic... You go really Ali G on us, you know that. I don't get my part. That's my, that's, that. yeah, that's my. That's your repertoire. That's, well, I could do a different, I think I can do a different one. What do you got? You got some more. We try to perfect like the spinal tap. Yeah. Spinal tap. Oh yeah, God, I didn't spend enough time with spinal tap. Use your crab face. You 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 spend spend some time with spinal tap. Yeah. Yeah. Is that the northern? Is that northern? They, it, no, they did not like, it's not, doesn't sound like Manchester, Sheffield, any of Leeds. It does not sound like that at all. I don't know where they think that it's, they're it's, from. It's its own thing. Wait, but they're not like American, right? No, they're all American yeah. in real Oh, they are? Life. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's great. They wow. did a really good job. They spent some time on that. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I think it's just like, you know, British rockers. Yeah, yeah it's not British, really. Yeah. British rockers. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's just like, whatever. Whatever. <laughs> it's not whatever. They're great, though. That yeah. movie I've watched over and over, we pretty much have a lot of that memorized. That's something I remember. It's fine. Good job, Ray. Good job, Ray. That's um, great. I have another quick musical question. Uh, what is it that is, I mean, so sounds so jazzy. Huh. Yeah. Come on, huh? Definitely. Well, d- I mean, you know, music is, uh, I don't, yeah, it's different language. What, what do you mean? What sounds jazzy about it? Um, well, you're the, the very few songs that I listened to because I didn't come to the show last night, everybody. Um, it's just very sort of like, it seems straightforward jazz to me. Is mm-hmm. it not? Like, it sounds like you studied jazz. Oh. Um, I mean... Well, Are you classically trained? I, yeah, I studied, I studied some music, for sure. Um, maybe, yeah, maybe it's the chords. 
it could be. I'm only just like, what do you mean? Because I don't know. I guess I've made like a lot, you know, a lot of different records and been pretty enthusiastic about like not doing the same thing twice. Yeah, mm-hmm. which I love about your work. Oh, thank you. And thank you. Ex- I mean, it's experimental, but it's satisfying as well, and like has hooks. You know, it's very rare that I feel like artists can do that well, and you've definitely cornered that market and in a way that you're like one of the only people of your generation I think doing that well in a way that is reminiscent of my heroes because I come from you know a bit older than you I think so I think of people more like that I'd say a little bit more than a bit yeah probably like at least a decade at at least least. 50 years older um but yeah and hearing you know what I noticed today I noticed there was like you do today. You released a single. Was it like now, recently? Like oh, that is a jazzy song. Okay, there okay. we go. <laughs> yeah, the truth. That one. Out. Okay, that one. Yeah. With the trumpet, with the horns. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. That's stunning. But you oh, released you. it, and it's three. It comes as three versions of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I noticed you did that on an EP as well. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that is such a cool. I like idea. the yeah. I like the idea of like you know the you know like a song is something that you can just reduce to just, you know, singing and playing on the piano or playing on the acoustic guitar or something like that. You know, it has like a, uh, it has bones in that way. Um, but then, you know, and then you can, you can build whatever kind of uh, wardrobe onto that uh, skeleton that you want. You can produce it in different ways. You can inflect it differently, arrange it differently. Um, and I love, yeah, like testing the limits of a, of a song by like pushing it toward one style or toward another and um and bobby and i I think before we got this rolling bobby bobby used the word um like humor or irony and i think that he was sort of talking about some something in this approximately in this range where um you know just sort of like you can arrange things in in a way that is um i don't know that isn't that either just completes the the song, you know, the song, the bones of the song, and does so in a very, um, you know, just faithful and and communicative way. Um, and I love doing that. But then, you know, also sometimes you can you know you can play with what the song seems to want to say yeah. or something um, or complicate it. Maybe. Um, Did you say Lip Prose was the latter? Like a bit of, because those sounds are really I, inventive. Oh, thank you. I feel like I would be a pretty like unreliable uh, judge of like, yeah, which which side of that spectrum it comes down on. Um, but this, yeah. So the song you guys are talking about, I want to feel it all. Yeah. Um, that one's definitely like, yeah. It's just like unabashedly, just like. Um, beautiful chords, mm-hmm. you know, big chords with five different notes in them, four or five different notes. Um, and like a long, uh, you know, rather than uh, have a song that just has four chords, you know, and you're finding a different way of like, uh, you know, that's like a amazing challenge as a songwriter in and of itself. Maybe that's the hardest thing is just to like, um, you know, with, very minimal elements create a story or create something that has a you know an arc or a shape to, you know that that goes somewhere um but 
with I Want to Feel It All, it's definitely um, the opposite, where it's just sort of like, let's, you know, it's a, it's a big language. There's a lot of chords. It's a longer sequence. And so the melody has this kind of like flowing, you know, quality. Do you do both? Do you write like music to your lyrics? What comes to you first? Does it, is it like a melody and you go like, oh, I gotta get this out and do this. And then you add lyrics to it. Usually, usually. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. And do you look for like, okay, this is my verse. This is my chorus. Okay. I gotta add a bridge. And what's my Mm -hmm. out? I mean, do you get I feel like I know that. I usually know that now when Mm -hmm. I'm writing something like, oh, this is the bridge. Right. And then, but it's always, it's always better when you get as many of the parts right at once as you can. So if you get dropped in, in the you know, in the bridge mm-hmm. and you realize that, mm-hmm. that can, that can be helpful. Cause you're like, all right, then, you know, what, what, what kind of verse chorus arrangement would feel right for this to be that, like the point where it steps to the side. Other quick question. Yeah. Um, what, uh, when you were talking about like the many different versions of the same song, oh, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. And, um, I, I wondered if if time if you've ever given like thought to redoing a song like mm. so you wrote a song mm-hmm. ten years ago mm-hmm. and and you play it today mm. do you change it up? Um, yeah. Well, yes. Um, when I was when I was talking about that, I was mainly thinking about like in the course of recording it or something. You might make a, a bunch of different versions of it, mm-hmm. and it's something that I wanted like by the. There's a point when I'm I'm working on a recording, I'm like, oh man, like I love this about this version, I love this about this version, and I like this about you know this version. Um and how are they all gonna how how can I bring the best elements of each different sort of like version of the song into one sort of definitive thing? To the degree that like when I fit when I'm finally finishing a recording, I tend to um have like eliminated the the alternate versions oh that can't possibly live in the world because of this reason or that reason i would like it'd be cool to to go into it with a different mindset though where you were sort of like i want i want to have all three of these versions live Uh in the in the recording sense Uh because usually what happens is there do end up being different you know live that's what happens live you know because it's you know, it's a living thing and, and it, you're, you're making it with other people all the time. Um, do you produce your own stuff? Yeah. 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 Um, do you produce the live shows speaking of live? Like it, because I noticed last night, one of the things I found most compelling was that <laughs> the, your guitar at certain times and the vocal harmony sounded like horn arrangements. Oh, that's cool. And I really, I was looking for, either horns or like who's pushing the thing. And I was like, no, it's the guitar. It was the way you had the guitar sounding. Ah. And I wondered if like perhaps the song, I didn't realize that was the song that had horns and you were using the guitar to, but I was really impressed with the fact that it actually my ear tricked me and I thought, where are the horns? Wow. And then I realized it was your guitar. And the same happened with um, when the when the beautiful women singers were all together on mm-hmm. the, and this, I was like, where's the horns again? And so that was really I didn't know if that was intentional or if it just happened that way. There's a lot of horn arrangements on the new record. Right. Um, 
And, but yeah, I mean, I, I like, I, I like that. I was like having a conversation with somebody recently where they were talking about how, um, the, one of the reasons for the, like, you know, the, uh, that the electric guitar exploded in like the thirties and forties is that suddenly people could make the sound of a horn section live, but just one guy, you know, with, the you know, something you could put in the back of a, of a, uh, station wagon or something. Um, and actually apparently like the stones version of satisfaction, that buzzsaw guitar was, uh, Keith put that down as like a, basically like, this is just like a um, scratch track for the horn arrangement. And like the producer was supposed to do the horn arrangement afterwards. And then eventually they were just like, actually the guitar itself sounds super cool. And so, yeah, I mean, I feel like when we in 2018 are listening to music, like the, the guitar and like distorted guitar tones and everything means something like, uh, um, in terms of like the sign, the cultural sign, it means something very different than a, than a horn. Mm-hmm. And so right. it's, we don't, I don't think that we are accustomed to like thinking about how similar those, some of those tones sometimes are. But I like that. Also, yeah, I mean, just playing the guitar in a super like melodic way, maybe more horn arrangement. Like, it is beautiful. And I noticed too, I mean, uh, African influences, is that fair to say? Oh yeah, for for sure. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but one more thing about the horns. Yes, please. Um, there were like a couple of years ago. I don't know what it was. Maybe I was just like kind of burned out on the guitar, um, or maybe I was just like ready to like I don't know expand the palette or something. But the uh, the self titled Dirty Projectors record that came out in 2017. Um, there's barely any guitar on it. I was just like, yeah, I was just like tired of the guitar, but there's a ton of horns on it. So. It's still, you know, in, in certain parts, it's like very much that those textures, mm-hmm. um, but just like, d- made, you know, found without without guitars instead. So you did say you were classically trained. What exactly did you study? <laughs> um, I love the I, yeah, I love the just being in the British accent for the course. Well, of you the said, interview. you know, Keith. Like, first name, basis, you're like, yeah, when Keith laid the track, the scratch track, so right. I just thought you'd feel a little bit more comfortable I singing do, that. <laughs> you I and do. Keith are so close. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. Definitely. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. No, so I studied, I studied music in college, like a lot of classical orchestration and stuff, mm. just because I was, it's, um, even at the, at the time that I was studying it, I was sort of like, um, I didn't love the idea of studying it, music, because I was like, music is something that, in a certain sense, yeah, that you, you do. do. You feel you, and you, you do. You can't be, you know, you can't be taught it and, and you're not going to, you know, you're not going to happen across, ma- you know, magic by, stu- you know, studying this in a textbook or something. Mm-hmm. But I was just so curious about how, you know, early, you know, different kinds of music, you know, happen, how, how the textures are accomplished, how the chords work, you know, um, the history behind things, how we ended up in, you know, one style begetting another and all of this kind of stuff. So sort of almost in spite of myself, 
I just like I, I studied a lot of music. Um, and yeah, you know, like Stravinsky orchestration and and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Was it ever at any point in your struggle as an artist? I can't understand your uh, struggle. Struggle uh, as an artist. Okay. <laughs> at, at any point in your struggle as an artist. Yeah. Did you go like, fuck it, this is going to have to be the thing that I do when I come home from my day job because, um, or has this been a passion through and through and something that you were like, I'm never giving up. I'm just, this is my jam. Yeah, more the, more the latter. I started putting out um, records like when I was in college and I started like booking tours um, on the breaks in, in college and stuff. And so... And I left college for a little while because I was like, I, this is dumb of me to be here. I, I don't, I don't want to be here and I want to just be on tour, you know? And, um, maybe that was a point. Yeah. Like the first tour when I had thought that I had left school and, um, MySpace was a thing. Wow. And, uh, and me and a friend had like booked a tour on MySpace, like a whole national tour, like yeah. six weeks. And um, it was just like nobody came to a bunch of these shows, you know, because you're in Birmingham, Alabama yeah. or whatever. Mm-hmm. And the promo, you get to the promoter's house and he's like, oh, fuck. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, this is hap- this. Is, we're going to do this. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. You know, and you like, yeah, coming off of that experience, it was a little bit like, whoa, like it's really hard. This is really hard. But and then I you went back to school. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just to be less, safe, maybe. Less about being like, "Whoa, this is hard." This I don't know if I can do this. Then just like, I think it would have been. I think it would have been a, just such a bad vibe with my parents. They they would they wouldn't. I think that we would have like fallen out. Basically. That was the next supportive? question. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> was it, well, you kind of just answered it. Doesn't sound like you were necessarily supported as an artist, other than no. they were paying for you to go to school. I imagine. Yeah, yeah, they were. And you were studying. Yeah, I mean, I think they were just sort of befuddled. You know, um, they were. Um, they were. Um, they're not creative people themselves, really. And my my role model, I think, for even just. Um, like exploring like creativity, drawing first and then music was my brother. And, uh, and so my dad would, you know, relatively early on try to be like, okay, like, you know, maybe he has a sort of creative, um, side, like, and I remember him being like, you should, you should study journalism. You should really, you know, like that's, he felt that that was, I don't know what he was. That was creative. Right. But also I read somewhere like in the 60s, just sort of like the idea of a journalist certainly means a different thing than than the place that journalism holds in the culture now, sadly. But I think that he I think that it I think that he was he felt like it was just, a you know, it was a way to marry a sort of, you know, creative and sort of like writing with something practical and you're being employed by an institution like a newspaper Mm -hmm. or something. Yeah. I think that's where he was coming from. It was his compromise. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was a little bit rough for them, I think, to, you know, to imagine. How do uh, they feel now? They're, you know, they're down. They're down. I, I think when the New York Times started, like, 
covering the band and stuff like that. They were like sending it to their friends and stuff. And after that, it was all right. Um, Do you like touring? Yeah. Come on. Yeah, I do. Well, no, I mean, people are supposed to say that they don't. Or, you know, a lot of the times it can be over, over, you know, people get overwhelmed and everything. But but where I'm coming from is that um, I the the shows that I'm, you know, we're playing this year, um, you know, the, this residency tour, but then also like the American tour that we played earlier in the year and that some dates in Europe in August. This is the first touring that I've done since 2013. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah. So if you ask really me in 2013. I might have had one answer for you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and in that time, I kind of like built this studio in, in uh, L.A. here. And I like, you know, done like, you know, songwriting and producing with other people and, you know, doing, you know, holding up in the studio and making these two records, um, like Dirty Projectors records um, that are total studio creations, you know. And so maybe it's just a sort of like crop rotation kind of thing. But I feel like to be able to go, you know, to go out and and connect with, uh, you know, people and see, you know, see the world, bring this music to people. It act like seriously, it's it's awesome. It's incredible. There's nothing like it. And to and to get to play with like the amazing band that that I've got is it's 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 fucking awesome. I mean. Yeah, just how refreshing it was, how little was on backing tracks. Like, that was a huge... There was no backing tracks. That's even better. I thought there was, like, one or two that was, like, I think it's 98%, because I heard, like, but it was probably the keyboard then. There, the well, we we have these uh, these SPDs. You can load samples. Okay. But yeah, there's no... But there's no backing track. Right, it's yeah. not a computer. That's that just a... So that's a modified Courageous, though, because of the ama- the different parts you have. And that everybody, you know, it was, it was orchestrated. That's the part that I meant, like, was so orchestrated because how do you do that without backing tracks except that you have all these different sounds from all these different, and they know exactly when to do their, it was practice, really. Practice, practice, practice. Yes, that's true, right? Rehearse, rehearse. There's no. <laughs> I don't think of it as, like, an ideological thing where it's like, no, we're not playing with track. <laughs> we're real musicians. Right, right. I don't, I don't think of it that way, and I don't, I wouldn't. I don't identify with any kind of like, uh, yeah, feeling like that of like, um, or like this performance is like a demonstration of like our technical prowess. I don't, I don't care about, I don't care about that. Um, and I guess it just seems like the, you know, the music has these things in it, you know, that ask us as performers to, to, you know, to do them that way. And I think that, I think that to play the track, just like it makes it lose. It's less exciting, you know, and when, when there's a risk, when there's a possibility of failure Mm -hmm. and when there's like variations from night to night without track, we can, the tempo, the the tempos and everything change all over the place. Even like with the same arrangement or the ostensibly the same arrangement, a song can be so different from night to night. And like that's part of what's awesome about doing this. Yeah. I think. It was to behold. I'm sorry you missed the shows. I know me too. Um, do you has have you ever have has dirty projectors ever been produced by anybody other than you? And wait, two other one other thing. Um <laughs> 
uh, dirty projectors. Okay, so it's pretty, you know, dirty projectors. We can guess what that is, but also just really want to know where it came from originally for you. And I'll think of the other thing because I forgot it. But two questions to answer at once is, is totally is totally good. Um, <laughs> um, you can figure it out. You're doing great. Um, okay. Has dirty projectors ever been produced by someone else? Um, sort of. The album Rise Above uh, from like 2008. Um, Chris, my friend Chris Taylor, who is, plays the bass in a band called Grizzly Bear, um, is an amazing. He, he kind of like studied, uh, you know, engineering. And so he recorded that. Um, we kind of like, you know, we kind of produced it together. And I learned it was a moment when I, you know, I made records before that, including one where the production is, I, I, lo- I love, but it was at a moment, you know how it is like going through your craft. You, you have moments of, of greater and lesser confidence. Mm. And I think shortly after, this was like relatively short time after I moved to New York. And um, I felt like it was a moment of realizing like, I know nothing, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I couldn't make a record. I couldn't produce a record, even though I already made several, you know? And so, you know, for one thing, he, you know, he got me through that. And for another, I, yeah, I mean, I learned so much from him just about like amps and compressors and all of this kind of thing. I've never had the experience of like submitting to, you know, Brian Eno or some, you know, oh, we're going to do it. Pick. Wow. Wouldn't that be cool though? One Maybe. I think it I would be. I, he, I mean, amazing. obviously, yeah, it would be cool. Maybe like an instrumental record even. He makes some really cool instrumental records. It's like with Harold Budd. I love his That's collaborations. True. It could be really neat. Did you ever read uh, A Year with Swollen Appendices? <laughs> but that's a great title. It's his, like, apparently he, like his New Year's resolution every year for I guess a long you know a long time was like this year I'm going to keep a diary I'm going to keep a journal and he would always you know peter out after January or whatever (laughs) as as all of us do and so I don't know I guess he the way he got himself through it was like all right it it won't just be like a journal where I'm like I'm annoyed today because of this he was like this yours right yeah this will be (laughs) This will be sister sister dynamics are funny. Um like he's like I think that he from the outset he was like this will be one that I that I publish. And so it's sort of like a um you know, he's just describing what he does every day and maybe it's a little less like in his head and more just about like the work that he's doing. And that year he's making a like an instrumental album with everybody from U two except Bono. And it's it's really it's it's interesting. Fascinating. Yeah, yeah. The title still. Yeah, it, wow. and this, the swollen appendices, I think, are like <laughs> these separate essays that he okay. wrote, and then he sort of refers, you know, that he refers to throughout the journal. So very cool. Yeah, that's right. Wait, Just there was another question. Thirty projectors. Oh yeah, the name. Um, <laughs> like, what do you, what do you what do you feel like it it means? Oh Lord have mercy! I haven't. I'm asking the question. I'll, once you you have to answer your Can question. Can I say what yeah. I think it means? I mean, sure. Yeah. Uh, okay, go ahead. Go ahead. My well, I, it's just it evokes a visual for me of like old 
movie houses. Well, that's why I was asking because it always bewilders me when people are like, "Oh yeah, like dusty pr- film projectors." I never thought I never thought of it that way. It it, but I mean that's cool. Well, that's that's aw- that's an awesome. But I immediately thought of when you told me the name. I immediately thought of the rec room in a place we used to. We, my parents rented this crazy house out in the desert that we lived in for a year, and they had a recreation room mm-hmm. that is the first time I ever played piano because they had six. It was a school. Yeah, it had been a school before we lived there. Um, and it also had this massive projector and this projector room wow. that we used to hang out in all the time. Remember that? No, or you just associated. Remember. Okay, that. But yeah, that's what I thought of immediately. I was wow. like, dirty projector. Like, well, so I also like the idea of a, of the lens, the dirty projector, like the way we see the world. You know, if our lenses were clean, you know, we all carry with us our own projections of the world, and it's like. I think I meant it. I was thinking of it more that way. Mm-hmm. The idea, yeah, projecting our own sort of psychology or our hopes, our fears, whatever, onto the, you know, incredibly confusing, dense web of information in front of us. So your band. Yes. You don't always have the same band. It changes. And when yeah. it changes, does that change the sound? Uh, certainly for live. I mean, yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, I think for a long time for me, um, I was, I, I, I was reluctant to define what it, what it was, what Dirty Projectors was. Mm -hmm. Cause I was like, maybe the next thing I write is going to be, you know, Barbershop Raga, (laughs) you know, and, and I'll have to like put together. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I have to put together like a totally different, you know, way of, of, uh, you know, putting, pulling stuff. Totally and then I know, I mean, I think that I even did like wrap myself up into thinking about like, like it's embedded in the band name Mm. that it's this, you know, it's changeable, you know, and it's, uh, yeah, unreliable. It's freaking courageous flexible. is it's what flexible. it is. It's really courageous because to choose to, to just follow your bliss, this is exactly launch left is about left of center artists that mm. how they see the world. They can't help. You can't help but make art. It doesn't matter if everyone goes, that's not happening right now. Or this mm-hmm. is, it's what's coming out of your heart as an artist, musician of any kind mm. and celebrating those artists and creating a kind of hub and a home to where those artists feel like they aren't alone in the world. And there's a lot of these kids all over the world, sometimes in middle America, pretty much like making four tracks in their closet may never get heard. But right. the idea that they could find this place or this, this, yeah, this place is what I'm calling it to make it simple. But where people are talking about left of center art yeah. and celebrating the truth, the true like authenticity of each artist's soul. And we're also different. You can't say like, well, this is how left of center artists are either, right? So it's dependent. But right. I love, I find it really courageous. And we were talking to Gus about this today too. Um, I find it really courageous when artists don't re- repeat and keep pushing 
forward or, or just trying deviating even, or maybe going back and then turn, mm-hmm. like just making right. zigzags mm-hmm. through their creative process right. without like that album did good. Now I got to match it by doing a similar with this on top. And right. Because as soon as I think self-awareness, this is my personal take. I feel mm-hmm. like self-awareness as an artist is the beginning of the end of being in your, like the heart space of what you're doing, like mm. the truth. As soon as you're like, oh, I'm doing this. And so this is how it's being viewed. And now that it's being mm-hmm. viewed this way. Mm-hmm. As soon as I'm too aware of something, I'm pretty sure it sucks. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, right. like it just happens. That's. But I have pretty consistent faith in my own deludedness, mm-hmm. my own delusion. So even if I feel like I'm getting self-conscious about something, I'm also like, I'm probably thinking of it in some totally weird, skewed way. <laughs> And I so like that. that's <laughs> you know helpful. I mean? That's helpful. <laughs> Thank and you. The only way past is through. Yeah. With with that stuff. No, but yeah, I mean I don't like I think that we know what it looks like when, you know, you're you're imposing a, a you know a strictly um capitalist um architecture onto, you know, be it you know, painting or or uh or art or or I mean uh music or Something like that. And, um, you know, yeah, maybe. It's like Joni says, today's her 75th birthday. Happy birthday, Joni. Yeah. Something's lost and something's gained and living every day. Um, I I love, I love it. I love, you know, zigging and zagging. Um, That's the, I think that's, that's the way I know how to make music, you know, get super into something. And then the next thing you're like, Oh, and now I have to do the opposite of that. Pivot. Yeah. And yeah. now I have to do the opposite of that. You know. Mm-hmm. Counterpoint. I'm just playing with. Contrary motion. Yeah. yeah. One question about like being in the studio and how you said that, mm. you know, these were basically their studio records. Does that mean to you, like, are you writing with the machinery? Yeah. Like you're not. You're not sitting down and, like you said, like dropping in in your bridge and you got your chords and that and you put it all together and then you record it. You're sort of like doing it alongside whilst recording. I mean, yeah, yeah. And uh, I mean, I guess I go back and forth on how effective that is or even how interesting it is. Mm -hmm. Um, I still feel like I still feel like probably the most direct songs come out of, you know, just sitting, you know, I driving around and you get a melody in your head mm-hmm. or sitting down with a guitar, sitting down with a piano and just kind of writing a bunch of shit right there. Mm-hmm. And if you can get, you know, the, the verse, the chorus and the bridge in one sitting, that's fucking awesome. If you can get some of the words with the melody, then you're clean. Um, and that's like the more it can just be a, a single moment packed into, uh, you know, this little planet of of song i feel like that is just really there's something about about like songs that have that bear the impress of a moment one way or another um and the thing about working with the machinery as you're talking about that i found anyway is just that um it's way more like it's more gradual it takes place over time it's more process based and so 
like things that I do like to do are like, you know, just roll with a with a beat or a loop and then just kind of like freestyle melodically over it mm-hmm. and then, you know, cut that up, arrange that into pieces that um, that work well together. And um, or, you know, just explore kind of like Burroughsian, like cut up stuff, but like on the computer, you know, where you're cutting and pasting and there's an element of randomness and things. But even so, I feel like it usually works better when you do it quickly mm-hmm. and kind of like there's an energy there when you're, when you're, when you've the quick, the more quickly you've done it, the more energy there is. And I feel like the computer encourages fastidiousness and uh, sort of analytical thinking and very sort of like rational patterns, mm-hmm. which is terrible. For, terrible for creative yeah, yeah yeah so do you ever do like use that idea of prepared music in that you are fucking with the actual instruments with forks and spoons and instead of fucking with it inside the computer in that uh, way language. but oh sorry mate effing mm-hmm. with fudging with you know um a bit or is that like something you did in your youth that was one question and then the other question which i almost forgot so now i'm gonna have to say is who do you like your why your fan basis Mm. what do you think that they are connecting to Mm. in your music Mm. um okay so the first question like like maybe I can't really think of that many examples off the top of my head. Strumming with a fork. That's not, that doesn't come. Yeah, maybe you'll like pick with, uh, with a nickel or yeah. something. <laughs> or maybe you'll, sometimes I'll like weave a little sheet of uh, paper or mm-hmm. towel through the strings mm-hmm. to mute them a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, the piano, sometimes we've put like a, like a really light sheet, uh, like a, just a clean linen sheet on the uh don't give away all your secrets because i'm going home right now to make a song with all this did the whole linen sheet thing um (laughs) on the strings to mute them muffle them a little bit yeah Yeah. um which is which is cool and again yeah i mean almost as an analog to that earlier idea about like why computer process for me feels like a trap Mm -hmm. um when you get it out in the world, IRL, it feels, you know, there's, there's a quality to it. It's cool. As opposed to like fucking around with some plugin for hours, be like, is 55% saturation or 58%? They're so different. You know, you can get into those head spaces. Um, whereas if you just do it, the mic captures it, then it's like, a th- you know, it's a thing. Um, but then you can still put the saturation in real life. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, where some stuff happens. I know. I know. That's why I asked, but I was trying not to make it an age thing, dude. (laughs) Let's not, uh, let's not keep it too much longer. Okay. I know, but just answer the one other question. Okay. So the other question that that relates to the other one was kind of abstract. What do you think they relate to? Yeah. I mean, that is not abstract. That is extreme. That could, that could garner a very straightforward answer. If you want it to be, if you, I mean, no, he's fine. He's fine. he's fine. I don't know. I I don't know. Or what would you? He's not fine. He I don't know. And it's a hard fine. question because kind of like the first question that was like the sound is jazzy, 
Or it was like, that wasn't, Whoa. that was like more like a uneducated statement. That wasn't a question. No. And it, it wasn't, no, it wasn't uneducated. I mean, cause you know, yeah, there definitely are like jazzy moments, but for me, it was just sort of like, uh, wait, I've made a lot of music and like, it covers a lot of ground. So, so I'm like, what, what are I you, mean. what's so your entry over point? your, yeah. over your career. Mm. And I'm sure you have mm. fans lifelong mm. fans or career long fans. What do you, what do you think is at the center of what, what is it that they connect to in you? What is, you know, I, I, there's no right answer. I'm just asking what you think. Like, is there something about your music that you can pinpoint or maybe what is it that you want them to be connecting to? Oh, uh, well, I don't know. I mean, maybe this is a cop out, but like, I think it's important that I don't know. Yeah, I like that answer. All right. Um, I like that answer. <laughs> I also uh, related to this since the show is also about artists helping artists as much mm, as possible. Right. Love to know who uh, you're listening to for, for your fans and listeners that might watch this. Oh, wow. Because they would probably love to know like who you sometimes go home and put on or, you know, some of the influences you have. Doesn't have to. They don't have to be from LA. They don't have to be your age range. It could be other countries. But love mm-hmm. for you to just list a couple of people that either influence you a lot or that right now you're listening to too. Whatever you feel like sharing. Okay, I don't. I don't know if it'll be that interesting. I mean, I've been super into Ella Fitzgerald lately. Um, it's literally what I said when I listened to the song. See, oh, so really? Like, See, jazz. Your so t- corroborated yeah. the story. I told you, jazz. There it is. <laughs> No, yeah, just going through, you know, because she recorded these, uh, you know, the songbooks of all of the, you know, all of the big kind of like American songbook composers, writers. She did like whole songbooks of all these people. And a lot of them are really beautifully arranged. Um, And, you know, her voice is just like insane. I feel like she's been a little bit out of the conversation recently. Aretha just died. Give her a break. Just okay. give her some time. She just died. <laughs> True. True. Um, but yeah, so those have been loving. I've actually, I took a break from Drake for v- his album Views. I just didn't, I didn't like that album. I didn't relate to it. I didn't play it. But the new one, Scorpion. It's pretty rad. I've been listening to it. I've been back in. Wow. Um, and my neighbor, Kyle. Uh, Kyle makes music uh, called King Tough. And he's just like a great songwriter here in L.A. And uh, Ty Seagal produces and drums on his records. He's an amazing drummer. And so, yeah, I've been digging that stuff. King Tough. King Tough. It's, it's not T-O-U- T U F F. Yeah, that's what I thought. I love. I love yeah. when people do is, that. Like roughness. Is the band called My Neighbor Kyle? Yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Right. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much for your time and your music and your expression and, and for putting up with me and as yeah. much as possible. We'll see you next time. We'll see you on the road on this tour. Yeah, you for might sure. Have to run into us again. You guys should come out. Yeah. Yeah. Right on. That was such a cop out. What? How so? <laughs> no, I'm joking. She's now she's just being combative. I wouldn't pay her anything. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Thanks, Dave. Yeah, no, thank you guys. Really yeah, awesome. It was just fun to talk. Yeah. Really, really yeah. awesome. Launch Left aims to create an intentional space that highlights and empowers all artists for whom radical creativity is not a choice, but a necessity. Launch Left begins with music, but its ultimate aim is to launch left-of-center artists in all creative fields. Everybody, 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 everybody